Tell you what we'll do, girls, if you could put Psalm 34 up for me, please. Psalm 34. In case someone hasn't got a Bible this morning, let's read this psalm together, shall we? Beginning at verse 1. Okay, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him And saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O the fear the Lord, ye his saints. For there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What is man, pardon me, what man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his own word in this place. Let's pray. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you take each and every one of us and your word and inscribe it in our hearts, imprint it upon our minds. And, O God, even as our faces differ, so do our needs. So, Lord, we know that thou art the Almighty the great and living eternal God. So we ask you, Father, to meet us, challenge us, convict us, speak to us, deal with us, encourage us, and help us, Lord, wherever way you deem it fit and seem it necessary. We pray, Father, that your people will leave here this morning. Lord, we thank you for your presence in our midst this morning. We thank you for your anointing of your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you've encouraged us already. But now, Father, we pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you continue on for these next few moments to glorify thy Son 
to glorify thine own worthy and most precious name. For Jesus' sake we ask it. Amen. What if we read that this morning? 22 verses of Psalm 34. I think the Lord has already spoken. You read it out loud and I read it out loud. And as we read it, as I read this, the Lord speaks to me. The Lord tells me that in different times of trouble or worry or whatever it may be, the Lord tells us here, I'm the one who delivers you. I'm the one who hears your cry, answers your prayer. I am with you, neither leave you nor forsake you. And that all is in his charge, keeping control. And that he is still on the throne and he's still Lord over all. He's God of the heavens and the earth and everything that is in them. And he lets us know that he is our God this morning. I think just for a few moments this morning, I'm not going to labor this point. But I think just for a few moments this morning, because I feel the meeting and the sort, the type of meeting we have had here, that God has been present. God has been speaking. God has been dealing with hearts. And I trust this morning that you've tasted something off the Lord, even as the word tells us in verse 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So my text this morning is found in verse 6. My verse is found out of this text, I should say, and it is in verse 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. God's delays are not his denials, brothers and sisters. And we're praying, we're seeking the face of God, we're looking for an answer, and sometimes we think it's never going to come. Sometimes the answer is no, by the way. And that's up to us to yield to his sovereign will, believing that he is the one who will bring something better even than what we ever prayed for. And I thank the Lord for the times he never answered my prayers the way I wanted them to, him to answer them. Because if I had got every prayer that I wanted, I'd have been in trouble by now. I'd have been in danger. Things would have been pretty different for me now. And I thank the Lord that I uh, didn't get all of those prayers answered. Not the way I wanted them. He answered them. But he says, not this way. But he shows you something different. This poor man cried. David speaking. Look at the very top of the verse 1. And you'll find that there's a little opening to the psalm, a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. So David is writing this, looking back at a time in his life when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. Uh, For us to really get into this, we need to really go to 1 Samuel chapter 19. Flick over uh, to 1 Samuel 19 this morning. And as we look at this, remember, uh, David is, his soul is knit with Jonathan, Saul, the king's son. And David's a champion in war. God has anointed him uh, through Samuel the prophet to be king over Israel. It hasn't materialized yet. Hear that, brother, sister. David was anointed to be king over Israel and it hadn't materialized and all this trouble's happening and you're saying, but I'm anointed to be king. Because you're anointed doesn't mean to say you're not going to receive any problems. 
Because you're one of the Lord's, it doesn't mean to say you're not going to receive any trouble. And it doesn't mean to say what the Lord has promised comes right away. There's an outworking and a working out of everything in between. And now David finds himself in big trouble. Saul, the king of Israel, who is is the people's choice and not the Lord's choice, because David was the Lord's choice, if you remember. And here's the Lord's choice. And here's the people's choice. And notice here, if you let your eye run down, just for time's sake, to verse 8, please. 1 Samuel 19 and verse 8. And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. Notice, and the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul. Notice that, the evil spirit from the Lord. But sure, how can evil be from the Lord? Because God has gone over all spirits, and what he does is, if the Lord wants something to happen, they're always under his charge. You have to remember this, God has gone over all spirits. He's called the God of spirits. And he uses them, and one Puritan says that Satan is God's ape. He does what God says. So that, to you and I, means that you and I, as believers in the Lord Jesus, as born-again, blood-washed saints of the Most High God, that Satan will not go any further than your father allows him. And the thing about this is, is he, he's the God of all spirits and he's the God of all flesh too. And when we notice this, that an evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul. Notice, and he sat in his house with a javelin in his hand. So here's Saul the king with a javelin in his hand. He's got every army he wants. He's victory in battle through David especially. He's sitting in the palace. He's everything he needs. Doesn't it show you that everything, the things of this world, doesn't mean to say you're happy? You know, many people think, well, if I was to become a multi-multi-millionaire, my problems would go away. No, they wouldn't. They would increase. Because many people, most people, can't handle what they've been given. And Saul was given this by the, the Lord, allowed it through the people's choice. And the thing is, Saul, even though he was an Israelite from the tribe of Benjamin, the Lord was allowing an evil spirit to come upon Saul. Why? Because it shows the very nature of the heart of man. See, in every one of us, men and women, this man too, every one of us, our hearts will deceive us. And if we allow the deceiving heart of ourselves, of our own thoughts, of our own hearts, and not according to the word and the will of God, then people say, follow your heart, brother. Follow your heart, sister. I'm going to say to you this morning, please do not follow your heart, brother. And please do not follow your heart, sister, because it will lead you astray. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it, says the Lord. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. He says, I'll try it. And I know the heart. Don't follow your own heart. Rather, follow the Spirit and the Word of God. And let that lead your heart and lead yourself. Do not follow the heart of man, but follow the will of your Father. Do not follow the heart of man, but rather follow the will of of your father. Now notice this. Here we find this man's heart, Saul, is corrupted with jealousy. It becomes bitter. And he ends up from his heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Isn't that right? Isn't that what Jesus said? 
And sooner or later, brothers and sisters, there's people that can smile at you so much through their teeth and they may even get the cramp in their jaw because they're really trying their best. But sooner or later, what's in there will soon come out. But if Christ is in there, he will come out. It will be him that will produce forth the fruit. And here, what we find in Saul's heart, Saul becomes jealous of David. See, they're in war. And here's the king on his horse and his nice big turban crown, you know, and, and he's riding along on it. And suddenly and the people are singing, Saul has slain his thousands and his heart's puffed up. David has tens of thousands and he goes, what? What? Here's the thing, brothers and sisters. This man now sits showing his heart and his javelin's in his hand. What's he doing in his palace with a javelin in his hand? Says a lot, doesn't it? And it says this in the same verse. Notice what it says in verse 9. An evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul, and he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand. What did David have in his hand? His harp. Singing and making music, worshipping on to the Lord. Oh Lord, you're beautiful. You know, singing away. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me lie. Strumming his harp. Beautiful sound unto the Lord. Saul set me his javelin. Two different hearts, isn't it? One is connected, as it were. One is in tune with the spirit. And the other one is in tune with the flesh and self. And we're told this in verse 10, And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. But he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin to the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. So David gets a warning from Saul's daughter, whom he's married to, and he flees. He runs away and he escapes Saul. Will you turn to um, chapter 21 now for me, please? So he's on the run. I'm just jumping over this for time's sake. Verse 1, chapter 21 and verse 1. Then came David to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David and said, Why art thou alone and no man with thee? So David's finding himself. He isn't alone. He's there alone, but he's brought some men you'll read later. Follow him. But here he's alone basically with Ahimelech. And David said unto Ahimelech the priest, The king hath commanded me a business, and hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee. And what I have commanded thee, and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Now therefore, what is under thine hand? Give me five loaves of bread in mine hand. Or what there is present? And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread under mine hand, but, a, but here, pardon me, but there is hallowed bread. If the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came about. And the vessels of the young men are holy. And the bread is in a manner common. Yea, though it were sanctified this day in a vessel. 
So the priests gave him hallowed bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread that was taken from before the Lord, to put hot bread in the day when it was taken. Now notice, the Lord Jesus actually mentions this, if you remember the Pharisees, and they're going through the fields, taking the ears of corn and rubbing them together to eat them, the disciples. This is what he's speaking about. You are working. How ridiculous they are. You are working. You're actually taking their corn and rubbing it together. See, the Pharisees even believed if you took vinegar to gargle your throat. If you gargled it, you were, that was a form of working on the Sabbath. You're worthy of death. If a wall fell on you, they could look at you and lift the brick away as, as little as possible. And if you were still alive, then they came back to get you the next day. They couldn't lift you. That's how ridiculous they became. And Jesus says this. That David, do you remember, went into the and took the showbread? This is what he's speaking of. Notice what happens here. Verse 7. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there in that day detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chiefest of the herd men that belonged to Saul. And David said unto Abimelech, or pardon me, Ahimelech, and is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business requireth haste. Do you notice now, David's fleeing from fear of Saul. And do you know what the fear done because he was fleeing from for, for fear and not standing in faith? He's now starting to lie. Now he's starting to lie. See his testimony slipping? See, brothers and sisters, when we, when we start moving out of faith... Whether it's in fear, we move out of faith. Things start to develop. He's now starting to lie. The king didn't send him. He was on the run from the king. Verse 9, And the priest said, Notice, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If I will take that, take it, for there is none, no other save that here. And David said, There is none like that. Give it me. Now notice, Ahimelech the priest said, here's Goliath's sword. Now think about this. Here's Goliath's sword. David said, there's none like it. There's none like it. Why did he say there's none like it? Because that's the same sword when David took the slingshot, slung the stone and it hit Goliath in the forehead, And he fell on the ground and says he took the sword of Goliath and he cut off the giant's head with his own sword. Now this is in this house of Abimelech. He brings it out and he says, David, do you remember this? At times we all need reminded of the victories that God has given us in the past. One brother, sister, think about think of your Goliath sword at the minute, right where you are. When you were either in fear or worry or anxiety, and God's came through and you have risen up victorious in it. You have defeated that devil time and time and time again. 
all through Christ. And here is Goliath's sword. And you look at it and you say, yeah, it reminds me of the horrible time. It reminds me of the battle. It's, it reminds me of the things I've come through. It reminds me of the hardships. It reminds me of it. He could have looked at Goliath's sword and went, oh, that big fella, I don't want to remember. Remember him and all that trouble in those Philistines. No, I, I don't want to deal with this. No, listen. The past is the past. But the victories are still the same. You've defeated the devil before. You can defeat the devil again. You overcome the difficulty before. You overcome the difficulty again. You've overcome the problems before. You will overcome the problems again. You've come through it with Christ before. You'll come through it with Christ again. Listen, where's Goliath's sword? You get what I'm saying? Think about it. What has God shown you? The sword that cut off the head of the enemy in your life at a time. And now he's reminding you of it. He brings David to this priest who's not only going to feed him, as it were, through the showbread, who's not only going to feed him physically, but he's brought him to a place with the priest where he's going to feed him spiritually. He says, listen, take this. Do you remember Goliath? Oh, that was a difficult time. I'm sure every one of us could turn around and say, whoa, that was a really difficult time. That was a difficult time. Brothers and sisters, you're here this morning. You're here this morning. You're here in God's will this morning. You're here in sovereign grace this morning. You're here in his presence this morning. And this is what he says to you this morning. He says, yeah, whoa, this is a difficult time. You have been through difficult times. He remains the same. He gave you the victory before. He'll do it again. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. Let's go back briefly, if we can, to Psalm 34, please. Psalm 34. And if we can notice this, the very opening title is A Psalm of David When He Changed His Behavior Before Abimelech. Now, Abimelech here is not Ahimelech in First Samuel 21. Okay, so Abimelech here is not the same man. He is not Ahimelech in First uh, Samuel t- chapter 21. Abimelech here is the king of the Philistines. Um, the term Abimelech means uh, f- f- my father is king. And Ahimelech means my brother is king. So they're very close together. But one is the king of Philistines and one is a priest of the Lord. Don't get the things of God mixed up with the things of the world, brothers and sisters. There's people come along and they will tell you such and such a thing is off the Lord and it's not, it's off the Philistines. You've got the wrong Ahimelech. Notice, David goes from from 1 Kings 21, he ends up with fear because Doeg that we read of, Doeg goes and tells uh, uh, Saul. Saul sends out the armies. He actually eventually gathers 20,000 chosen men of Israel to hunt down David. 
And of course, David's in the caves and the rocks, but he's running. It says he's in fear for Saul. And by the time he gets, we have time to look at it, by the time he gets to Abimelech, who is actually King Achish. Abimelech is actually a title like Pharaoh or Caesar. So it's not his name. It's like Pharaoh or Caesar. And by the time he gets to Achish, who is the, the king of the Philistines or the Abimelech, we're, we're told that David is sore afraid. Sore afraid. He's not only afraid, but now he's sore afraid of uh, Saul. And now he's went from these little lies, king's business requires haste. The king has sent me and I must be on, and he didn't. And now he's went all the way down to he feigns himself mad at the feet of a Philistine king. And the ones he was once slaying, David, Saul has slain his thousands, David has tens of thousands in the wars with the Philistines. Now the, the, this champion through Yahweh God, this uh, great mighty warrior, now finds himself crawling like a dog, spittle running down his beard, clawing at the doorpost, feigning himself, pretending he's not mad like a, a rabid dog. And these are the ones who used to trample at him. See what it's like when you lose your testimony. Can you see that? And Saul says, I'm paraphrasing, is this David that they sing about? That's what he says. Is this David? Is this such and such that used to stand and preach in the street? Is that him there? Is that him that used to pastor that church? Is that her that used to witness and testify? She's in the world now and she's running with the world and like the things of the world and the things of Christ are no longer with her. And that's what it looks like. And that's why it's so important to keep your witness and your testimony. David changes his behavior because he's so afraid and his testimonies went down the drain. Look at the joy of restoration in God. You ready? I will bless the Lord at all times. He's gracious, isn't he? He's gracious and he's good and he's kind and he's loving and he's generous and he's faithful and he's patient, and he's long-suffering, and he's God of the second chance, and God of the third chance, and the fourth chance, and the hundred million chances. He's the God of all grace, and he's God of all mercy, of all blessing and love toward his own. And David now, looking back, he's seen God is with him. He actually allowed Goliath's sword to be kept as a as an ornament or a relic or whatever it was, where it was in a cupboard. I don't know where Ahimelech had it. But he, he says, look, I went from Ahimelech. See, here's the chance of getting it right with God. You're at Ahimelech. Here's the chance of getting it right. David, here's the bread to help you physically. 
But here's the sword to remind you spiritually of who your God is. Don't go any further into the world. Don't go any further into the things of the world. Don't go deeper into it, David. You're going to get more fearful. Don't allow the, the fear of Saul and the fear of the enemy. Don't allow it to get to you. Because I'll tell you what happens. You'll go to bed tonight and you'll think about it. Or you'll try and get up for work in the morning or wherever you're doing. You're going to school tomorrow. And it'll be in your heart and in your mind. And it's fear and it's worry and it's anxiety and it's doubtings. And it's, and it's all of these negativities. And this morning the Lord has brought the last sword before you. The poor man, the poor woman who's cried and the Lord has heard you to save you out of all your troubles. And he says, here's the sword of Goliath. Take it and it's up to you to say, Lord, the victory you've given me before, there's none like it. There's nothing like it. We have changed. We change every day. He remains the same. You're at Abimelech here where the Lord says, I am supplying the need. I am giving you what you need. Come on, I've given you the victory before and I take it in faith. Don't run for even further and don't get even more worried or anxious or even better or whatever way it's doing with you. But rather he says, take it in faith, believing I am still the God who changes not. Your Savior who loves you, who is with you and neither leave you nor forsake you. And though I'm with you all the way, even until the end of the age. This is your Ahimelech this morning. The Ahimelech, the priest who says, here is the faith, here is the victory, here is the positivity, here is the Lord. What is it you want? Remember what he's done in the past and he'll bring you through again. Brothers and sisters, don't go running from your Ahimelech to your Abimelech. Because there he sees what you used to be and the devil loves to tear you down. And if, listen, even the devil didn't want, didn't want them. David feigns himself like he's mad, staring at the eyes, beard dripping with the drool, clawing at the doors and the post, getting on like a ravenous beast and an animal because he was sore afraid of Abimelech or a chish as he's known. And that old Philistine devil... He even says, I don't want him. Who's he? You see, the devil will discard you as soon as you come down to his level. The devil will discard you as soon as you come down to his level. Brothers and sisters, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Brothers and sisters, I... Believe this morning God's spoken to us. No matter what you face, no matter what you've left and come here with, no matter what's ahead of you tomorrow or tonight, no matter what has grasped you and grabbed you and laid hold on you, strangled you and captivated you, enslaved you and pulled you down, tried to destroy you, to dishearten you and to discourage you, 
disillusion you, whether it's from the world or within church or wherever it may be. I want to let you know this morning, the great eternal spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of heavens and the earth is here this morning. And he says, here, remember the sword of Goliath. Uh, I was with you in the past. I'm with you for the future. And I'll be with you at all times. Let me finish with this. He elevates the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be of my mouth. Notice, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Then he calls everyone else to it. You see, that's the thing about our fellowship. You see, we, we need to have faith. Uh, we need to be built up. We, we need to be encouraged. We need to be lifted up in spirit. Uh, we need to say to those who are weak, come on, I'm going to show you how to get back into the vein uh, Worship the Lord together. Oh, magnify the Lord, he says. So he's calling everyone else around us. He's calling you and he's calling me. He's calling those who are with him. And he's looked back and he's seen how God is blessed. Listen, and even when he was in the dunghill and the dust heap, when he was in the dirt of it all and the weakness of it all, the promise still stood sure. He was still the Lord. And the Lord brought him back and made him king over all Israel. Isn't that amazing? See, mom would have been over and saying, you know what? See, you preacher, you're no good. See, you, you fell and you've went and you're, you're no good. But the Lord doesn't. He says, come on, son, daughter, get up. Come on, get up. I'm with you. Get up and keep on going, brother. Keep on going, sister. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Notice he heard me. Praise God. I sought him. Have you sought his face about it? Have you got, have you got down on your knees? Have you walked the, the fields or the road or the street or the beach or wherever you go? Have you called upon the name of the Lord? Have you sought him? I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were, were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him. The Lord left him. The Lord discarded him. The Lord shunned him. And the Lord finished him off and the Lord said I don't want you anymore. Uh, like old Achish. No, he did not indeed. It says the Lord saved him. Finish with this thought. The idea here of poor man and the word it means to be humbled. Listen, you're better to humble yourself than the Lord to humble you. You know that? And the idea of it is, is that it wasn't really David's position that's being elevated or recognized here, but his condition. For example, you know, you could live in a mansion and be miserable, and you can live in a hovel and be happy. It's the condition, isn't that right? You could be in a, a crowd and be lonely, and you can be alone and feel crowded. There's so much coming at us, we feel credit with it. 
So it's the condition of the heart. It's the, not the position of the things around us, but the, uh, the, the, the position of where, where we are in life. We allow it to, to hit the condition of the heart. And David's playing with his harp. I'll tell you, there must have been some anointing there. Can you imagine that? The man who's, who the Lord used to write all those psalms and give him victory. I'd love to have heard him playing on his harp. You hear him singing the psalms, playing on a harp. Powerful. And that was enough to lift an evil spirit. Doesn't it show you that when you lift your heart to God and worship, that the devil will flee from you? Notice, and I finish with this, I do. Last one was a false alarm. <laughs> Playing with his harp. An old rotten-hearted Saul sitting with his javelin. Listen, brothers and sisters, how do I say this? Not everybody that looks good is. Lovely clothes, lovely robes, send the right things, anointed, believed of the Lord, although it was of man, believed of the Lord. Look at me. Look at the riches I have. Look, I, I have all this money and of all this prestige and of all this business and of all of this. And he's sitting with a heart uh, that's depraved. With a spear in his hand, going to thrust it through David and pin him to the wall. Not every heart you speak to is a heart in tune with God. But this morning, you're at the Ahimelech. That's your heart this morning, be in tune with God. We're not going to Abimelech. Don't let fear bring you there because it brings you down. It tears your joy. You start becoming bitter at people who are going home with God. You start becoming hateful of others and you start becoming angry. Listen, listen. If you're going home with God, go you home with God. And if somebody needs your help, bring them on with you. But this morning, we're not going to Abimelech's house. We're not going to the palace of the king of the Philistines. We're going to the palace of the great king, the Lord Jesus Christ. Sort of Goliaths here. You can say, this poor man, this poor woman cried. The Lord has heard me. He's going to save you out of all your problems. Because he is our great Ahimelech. May God bless his word to us this morning.